2: I'm Dr Hansi Renesinghe, part of the team treating your wife. How is she? I'm afraid she's very unwell. She's suffering from a life-threatening condition called sepsis. You might know it as blood poisoning. I know what
3: sepsis is, but it can't be. We thought it were flu.
2: I'm afraid not.
3: Maybe pneumonia or something. Are you sure?
2: Unfortunately, there's no doubt it's sepsis. It's mounting a severe attack on her immune system.
4: Hi, it's Becky Wright here, otherwise known as the late Nick Grundy. As you'll know, Nick died of sepsis back in February, and as many of you are also aware, I'm walking 50k with Sarah Worker, a midwife from King's College Hospital, for the UK Sepsis Trust on the 8th of September. I am so fortunate that my encounter with sepsis was in a radio drama, because for tens of thousands of people, it's very, very real. Over 44,000 lives are lost each year to sepsis. Please help us raise awareness. You can sponsor us at www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Becky's Walk for Sepsis. You can also Google Becky's Walk for Sepsis and find us. We'd really, really appreciate your support. Let's keep Nick's death a work of fiction. Thank you.
0: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
1: All right. Yeah, no, no. Hi, everyone. We're at the Toronto Dumpty Dum meetup. And I'm Yin.
0: I'm
5: Dave. Mary. Ashok. Victoria. Royfield. And
1: now we're all going to
5: sing. Dumpty Dum. Dumpty Dumpty Dum. Dumpty Dumpty Dum. Dumpty Dumpty Dum. Dumpty Dum.
3: Dumpty dum Dum Dumpty Dumpty Dum Well done. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on average in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the quite grey morning suit that is Robert Wilson and with me I have the tartan clown outfit that is...
5: Lucy Freeman.
6: And the last part of Jazz's wedding attire, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dum comes from lots of Canadians. Lucy, if someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that?
5: If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or describe getting a D and an E at A level as a good omen. Call us on 0203 0313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to Derek, the back bedroom... Uh, Derek really enjoyed Fallon and harassment's wedding, but sadly he was asked to leave when the music started. Um, they played Come On, Eileen. He took it as instruction, and Fallon's auntie Eileen complained.
6: Oh, you see that—that's the danger of it, also having the script in front and reading <laughs> it. am laughing ahead of cue. I can only apologise. How many times will I have to At do least that? You laugh, love.
5: I don't care when you laugh, as long as you laugh. That's it.
6: <laughs> this week. We hear from Bernie, from Mim, from Glynn, and from Vicky, not necessarily in that order. But first, before the caller in, let's brace ourselves for this week's Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge.
5: We began the week with a llama drama. A mysterious hand had left a llama in Fallon's back garden. Krusty rushed around panicking and even bellowed, you can't go now, harassment. We need your expertise. Expertise? Maybe you can find llamas as they're bigger than bunting. Bizarrely, though, <laughs> the llama did seem to like him, even though he managed to sound a bit like a serial killer when he talked to it. Let me put this round your lovely neck. Llama <laughs> theft, of course, resulted in a who-done-it or a who cares, to be strictly accurate. Harassment was as thorough as ever, beginning the tactful questioning with Alice. Well, the general consensus seems to be that you're a massive pisshead, so we automatically assumed it was you, you (laughs) massive pisshead. He then found out it was Susan, and still no one cared. Meanwhile, in an unlikely partnership, Freddie the Fingers' pargetter had formed a bond with Alistair as they were both prisoners at the stables, chained by the elbows to a haybag, with Shula occasionally throwing pony nuts at their heads as she passed by. After the oh-so-classy Jeremy Kyle screaming match in the pool room of the bull, Leave it, Shula, he ain't worth it! Alistair made a break for it by pretending to be Aziz and cantered off with Lillian on his back and arrived mm-hmm. at Jimus's house and resumed his rightful place, sleeping under the soft pedal of the piano. Then a cow had a hurty boob and he had to go to Brooker's, <laughs> which was a bit tricky. Hooty could scarcely control her eagerness to give him a good ticking off. Her high horse was stamping and snorting away and Alistair did manage a half-hearted, it's nothing to do with you, when he could have added... I'm no longer part of your family. However, just to recap, a member of your own actual family is currently awaiting a trial at the Crown Court for drug dealing and thereby making money out of the (laughs) miserable addiction of other addicts, you hypocritical old bint. He was consoled later by two things. He cried as Jazza gave him his own room and agreed to sleep on the piano in his stead. Alistair told him about his emergency vet visit to Brookfield. "'Was the cow okay?' asked Jazza. "'No, she didn't even give me any bloody cake,' he said morosely. "'But he cheered <laughs> up even more, "'when later on he was allowed to put on an Irish accent "'and pretend to be the registrar. "'Oh, yes, the registering of Rosie's birth, "'or to give her her full name, "'Rosie, Ruth, Grace, Cameron Fraser, Robin Fairbrother, "'we <laughs> hate Jill, na 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 nah, Archer.'" Well, that's going to mean a lot of banged Arga doors in the Brooker's kitchen, isn't it? Good. Meanwhile... At Crime Central, Freddie got his A-level results. Even the world's biggest optimist, Johnny, has seen Freddie for the overprivileged whining get that he is. Freddie, mate, you're not brilliant. That bit was horrible. (laughs) Poor Johnny. Now he's only got a load of mute girlfriends and Tony to console himself with. Before the hearing, Elizabeth went pottering off to Usha to ask her what to do about Freddie. But it wasn't her area of expertise. Surprise, surprise. I'm struggling to discover what Usha's area of expertise actually is. So far, it's not licensing, divorce, domestic violence, attempted manslaughter or custard. What does she specialise in exactly? If it was llama theft, she could have had a whiff of some work. But even that's gone south now. Here's a tip. If you're running a stately home, and your license has been revoked because your own son was caught and is awaiting sentencing for dealing drugs at one of your own events. On the whole, don't genuinely consider letting your dodgy brother take over the license like a spit and sawdust pub on a council estate. It might look a bit dodgy. Even Jolene said it might look a bit dodgy, and Jolene's husband's been nicked, and she's been living under an assumed name for years. Meanwhile, poor forgotten Lily is drooping. She got 84 A-stars for her A-levels, which, according to the Telegraph, is what everyone in the world got, and standards are slipping, blah, blah, which must be so bloody motivating for all the poor sods who've just worked their asses off for the last year, being told by overpaid columnists who are clinging to their jobs at a failing newspaper that actually their qualifications are worthless. <clears throat> I may have digressed a little there. Where was I? Lily. Yes, Lily. <laughs> Lily is cat-sitting for Truss's friends. By the sound of it, Truss was struggling to deal with all the pussies in his life, as it was. So Lily is coming home, like football, with probably the same level of success. And then the wedding. Susan was the best man, but she kindly let Chris deliver her speech. Fallon wore a dress and some shoes and some flowers and too much blusher. Jazza turned up looking like the test card for BBC Scotland. (laughs) Fallon's band Little White Pies sang and they're going on holiday to a tent in Cornwall. Fallon and harassment at me, not Little White Pies. It was all very uneventful. Wayne was mute, there were no scenes, and it was actually a bit dull, which means that for the first time in Archer's recorded history, a thing was allowed to happen just as it would in real life, quietly and boringly and contentedly. And in these turbulent times, sometimes that is all you
6: want, the end. Here, here. I couldn't agree more. A lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that, Lucy. A lot of people going, oh, it's really boring, and I wanted this to happen, I wanted it to go wrong, and I think... No, come on. It was just about right, I think. Apart from, I was a little peeved. Like a few people on Twitter, I don't think it's mentioned later in the in the social media, but just let Jazza wear his BBC Scotland test card. Yes,
5: I know, I, I know. Talk about manufacturing a sort of a, you know, a, a crisis. There wasn't one, really. He said, Fallon will go mad. You know, the whole point of, of what Fallon said about weddings was that she wanted everyone to do exactly what they wanted.
6: Yeah, but that's what all bridezillas say. Just before they destroy all the cars in the car park. And <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. It does strange things yeah. to people. <laughs> Not just women, you know. I've had, I've had best man as well. Really? I, I've had, yeah. I've had, well, if if you call insisting we have a data projector uh, and uh, a screen so he can do a forty minute presentation as a best man speech as going off on one, yes, that kind well, of thing. I, I know. Anyway, See, uh,
5: in the old days. I was thinking about what you said about all your clients would, would say hurrah, hurrah hurrah, if they were told that they couldn't have booze. They yeah. had to bring their own booze and all that. Yeah. Um and then it was actually mentioned, wasn't it? Because Lizzie said, and now the caterers are really annoyed because they that's where they get their their um they, they get their markup from that. Um yeah. but I was in the old days, someone was saying the other day, um, that you just had beer. You had no one had wine or, you know bottles of whiskey on every table or anything you you all had beer that was it beer and soft drinks for the ladies and um you know that's (laughs) that was it there's none of this you know a a wine with the starter and a wine you know and it's just, just there's layers and layers of complication um because um because it, it's turned into such, you know, people have just seen a way of making money out of it. And people behave as if they don't have a choice, as if they can't say, no, I'm just not going to do that. It's like funerals. You don't have to have a funeral.
6: But No, especially people... if you haven't died. Yeah. But, um...
5: <laughs> There's that lovely Jeremy Hardy oh, yeah. line, isn't it? He said, when I die, I want to be I want to be scattered, not cremated, just scattered. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right I mean, in my family uh, weddings are usually uh obviously register office and then it's down to the local working men's club for um to peel back the tin foil from from the pork pies the curled up sandwiches and the sausage rolls yeah. and you get your own beer, you get your own john smiths from from yeah. the four bar and right if back. you're
5: lucky you get a stand-up finger that's it
6: A stand-up finger. (laughs) Is that the honeymoon? (laughs) Right. Uh, That's it. Have we reached that level already? (laughs) Can we just do the call? Yes. Okay. Well, we have have some good calls uh, this week. Not that we don't have good calls every week, but uh, we have some new, well, at least one newbie and uh, an old favourite. Let's start with Vicky Cole, who's coming up after we've had our little jingle.
2: Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, everyone. Vicky Cole here. I'm very happy that the wedding went off smoothly um, after the failure of Lillian and Justin and Tom and Kirsty to make it to the altar. Third time lucky. That was great. Now, last week when I called in, I spoke up in sympathy for Elizabeth after losing Nigel and having to bring up teenagers all on her own. Well... I withdraw it, I retract (laughs) it, I rescind it, I cancel it, belay it. She was outrageous not to ask about Lily's exam results. I am disgusted with her. This is the scriptwriters presumably setting up the foundations for a big feud. I'm not sure between Elizabeth and Lily or Lily and Freddie or all three of them in a horrible triangle. But it's unforgivable, I think. And Susan stealing a llama. Pah. Yeah. That's all. Bye.
6: (laughs) Well, um, but don't you think that, I mean, when I did my levels and that was, oh gosh, that was 20 years ago. No, no, bloody hell. 27 years, a long time ago anyway. (laughs) Um, And my mum didn't even know what I was doing. My mother didn't do O levels or A levels. She left school at 14 or whatever. Mm. She didn't know what I was doing. She just knew I was doing something. Yeah, and it, and I found it really irritating when she would ask, um, oh, "When are your exams?" It said, because yeah. that adds extra pressure. Now everyone's a helicopter parent. Yeah, uh, and they're hovering over their child, turning the pages of their revision books, which you know I, I think is just as bad, if not worse.
5: Yeah. Um, well, uh, there, it was. Quite... I still
6: don't like Lizzie, but you know, no. that, but not for that reason.
5: It, it, the level of the level of interference in in i think it's gone too far now the level of interference in your children's lives and you will not let them fail because that reflects badly on you and mm. uh makes you question any of the choices you made so they have to do brilliantly otherwise you look bad um you know and you see i mean god when <laughs> when i was governor at a primary school we used to see you know my children they got the homework like you know make a make a model of of, of a, of a, of a of a London landmark and my children would um, half-heartedly sell a tape together two cereal boxes and co- <laughs> coat, coat the entire kitchen in grey paint and say it was Windsor Castle and they had a nice time and we talked a bit about Windsor Castle and then they'd go we'd come in with this wobbly thing and then some child, it actually it was never the child, the child wasn't allowed to touch the thing that was made. The parent <laughs> would come in with this scale model of St Paul's Cathedral made out of matchsticks wobbling on a cake stand and, you know, it's like, don't t- don't come near me, don't, you know. And And you could see the parent looking at the teacher wanting praise and it wasn't praise for the child, it was them <laughs> wanting praise and you just thought, you are pathetic. You know, you were trying to beat a load of five-year-olds. Does that make you feel... <laughs> Does that make you
6: feel bad? <laughs>
5: well done you. No. Oh God. Anyway.
6: There well, is a happy balance to be struck, isn't there? There
5: is. There is. There is.
6: Perhaps Lizzie didn't make that balance this week. <laughs> but mm.
5: But it's awful that the you know, it is um it is a kind of a well, there is that sexism there, isn't there? That Freddie is a a male and therefore more likely to not get good resam results. And therefore, you know, he's the scion of the family. So he has to be sort of um, urged through it, coerced and cajoled, whereas Lily's just expected to get on with it and do well. And whatever happens, he's going to inherit the damn thing because he was first out of the womb. You know, that's it's sort of poor Lily. Is it just in a very, very horrible situation?
6: But that doesn't have to happen. There's no, I mean, they're not lords, no. are they? No, no, there's no. no. progenitor in the royal family, you know, is is. Is equal now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So why does Freddie have to inherit?
5: I don't know, but I mean what Elizabeth like? um Lizzie mentioned um for Lily mentioned it, didn't she? She said, Well yeah. you know, and to be honest, that's all he's fit for, really. But even I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't trust him to manage though at Loxley. He's gonna need somebody like well, he's gonna need Lily. Yeah. She's sort of chained for life to this idiot.
6: That's what's gonna happen though, isn't it? That they will have to share duties and responsibilities. Mm.
5: Yeah.
6: Certainly. Yeah. But that won't happen for a long time. But Lizzie's, what, 50-ish? Yeah. Well, you know, she'll be, she'll be around for about 20 or 30 years, I imagine, unless you know, there's another raucous New Year's Eve party. Yeah. <laughs> kind of um, llama drama, mm. which was mentioned there. Yes. And, and you mentioned it turns out Susan was, that was uh, a lo- culpable. Susan
5: doesn't even like animals. I don't know how she would it, it wouldn't pop into her head as a as a thing to do that
6: no, but I, I, and when Harrison sent someone off when Harrison went off to get something to make a bride, lad, and I thought, oh, they're going to come back with the bunting, and're <laughs> going to t-. and then when Susan was uh, unmasked or unmasked herself, I can't remember which way no Harrison unmasked her yeah. as the, the because
5: she was the only the, one that had one conjectured
6: the llama napper I think we'll find out that Susan has stolen the bunting
5: (laughs) did you hear the in joke the other week by the way when someone mentioned the bunting and someone else said oh I don't think anyone even remembers that (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like a hundred thousand people went yes we bloody do
6: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, oh well no I'm I'm going to put my 20 pence I've got my 20p here on the desk. There it is. Susan stole the bunting as well as kidnapped uh, Constanza. Okay. All right. Shall we hear from Glyn yes. now? Hello, dum Dam. It's Glyn here, just back from a couple of weeks
7: holiday and having binged on two weeks worth of archers. Well, Freddie Um What can we say about that? Well, I suppose next to the slim volume that is called The Profound Sayings of Joe Grundy, we must now add or start compiling the wisdom of Johnny Archer, Mm -hmm. since Johnny um, appears to be the only one who's spoken um, any sense to Freddy and has got anywhere near close uh, for him to see the true nature of what he's been doing and the true consequences. The llama drama, well, that was all a little bit, um, uh, well, a bit of a distraction, I think. Um, I do hope that um, Susan is found out, and um, uh, and Linda um, admonishes her accordingly. Uh, that would be quite a scene, I think. Um, Harrison and Fallon's wedding, um, yes, it was fine. It all seemed to go according to uh, according to plan, which no doubt means that the marriage itself is going to be a complete disaster. Uh, something we can all uh, all look forward to. And finally, um, Shula. Um, Shula is only going to communicate with Alistair through solicitors uh, can we ask that Shula only communicates um, with listeners through solicitors in future and Jill, well I think she's lucky given the uh, what she said to Alistair that um, the baby is not going to be named something like Grace Rabina,
6: Tabina thank you very much and keep, it, keep up the good work well that was rather scathing Rabina, Tabina, like that I don't, can I just uh, admit something? I don't quite understand that last bit. I understand the Grace bit, but Rabina Robbie Tabina is it? And Toby. Oh, Rabina. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit slow on the uptake. <laughs> what a dimwit. <laughs> so do you really think that um, Fallon and Harrison are going to have a successful marriage? I mean, why wouldn't they?
5: I do, actually. I think... I think Fallon has learnt a lot from her mother um mm. who handles Kenton extremely well um and I yeah I think she I think Fallon's not entering into it with any sort of doe-eyed romanticism I think she's quite pragmatic and um yeah I think they will I think they'll be yeah, I and I think the actors are I've been quite impressed with well impressed full stop with um uh, harassment's um acting recently he seems to have sort of hit his stride and he stopped over egging it and um i yeah i just think that they're in it for the long haul as a as a as a couple i could see them i could see us still talking about them in 20 years time running the
6: ball yeah okay hmm because he's, he's got his sergeant exams coming up soon someone was saying that um that linda is going to cause more trouble for harrison but i can't i was about to say this llama story doesn't have legs mm-hmm. but i mean that but I, I, there's just the only reason we, we put that in is just to reveal another side to um to to susan and and build up to the discovery of the bunting as i said two minutes ago <laughs> yeah You're you're not sold on this at all, are you?
5: No, not in the slightest.
6: (laughs) All right, fair enough. (laughs) Shall I just give up and we'll listen to Mim?
4: Hello, um, it's Mim here, or at Mim underscore Monk on the Twitters. I'm a long-time lurker, but first-time caller in a. I feel a bit like a second cousin twice removed of the show, as I'm co-host of the Soggy Bottoms podcast with the lovely Cat Brown, um, which if you Uh don't know, if you've been living under a sponge, uh, it's the British Bake Off fan podcast, and hopefully we'll be back soon, so watch this space. Anyway, rules, as I'm a first-timer, I've listened forever, Uh, our mealtimes growing up were kind of dictated by the archers, and you had to sit in silence for the full 13 minutes or else. but I really kind of got into it while I was at uni because it was a really good way of keeping phone calls going with the parents, always having something else to talk about. Um, and that was during the Great Grundy Wedding debacle. So I think that makes me a jolge, which is a shame. Um, anyway, oh. I'm calling. I'm there a million times when I felt like calling over the last few years. Um, but Wednesday's episode, registering the birth, I just I couldn't tweet my reaction because I was driving. Well, and um, obviously I wouldn't tweet while driving. Anyway, I'm rambling. But as they were talking about the middle name and Grace, and I just went, oh, (laughs) um, and and you can't get that into a tweet, so I felt like I had to call. Um, On a serious note, Pip, oh, I hate her. Oh, no, hate's a horrible word. But anyway, oh, oh, can't stand her. But the whole baby and maternity leave slash flexible working slash, oh, I'll just walk around the farm with a baby could have been a really great opportunity to get behind a kind of flexible working campaign but it's just being mismanaged and and it's going to be horrible and she's obviously having a horrible time and um, Josh is... Ugh. So, obviously, that's not going to be done particularly well. Anyway, I'm just rambling now. Um, and I think that's about all I had to say. I feel like I've sped through it. Um, but keep up the great work. It's absolutely super. I love listening on the long drives to and from work. Bye-bye. Bye. Well,
6: we're not one to criticise anyone for rambling, are we, <laughs> I... The thing I pick up from there is Josh and Josh's attitude yeah. absolutely stinks. And do you think, I think it's because he, he's still quite immature and he's treating her like, you know, like warring teenage siblings. Yes. And she's what, 25 yeah. now, 26, something like that with, with, a, with a new child. And he's, he's still like a, a little 18-year-old lad yeah. with um, a secondhand combine harvester business. The
5: sibling rivalry between those two is unbelievable. It's always been bad, uh, but it's just, get, but you, you kind of expect it, like you said, to be an adolescent thing and that they grow out of it. And occasionally they have moments normally when the parents are a long way away, like mm-hmm. when they were looking after the farm and the parents were on holiday, they did pull together as a team, but when there's a whiff of any sort of parental approval going around, they ca- they cannot wait to throw each other under the wheels of a bus to sort of you, you know get the get the pat on the head first. It's unbelievable.
6: And do you think that's because Pips always had more parental approval, and so Josh is striving for?
5: I don't know. I mean, I don't know what she's share. deserved to what she's done to deserve this kind of um, saint like status because she's she's made well, com- first born. It can't just be that. I think they were slightly attention starved as children, Uh, so that is something which is
6: inevitable in in the circumstance.
5: That is something that you see in in attention starved children, in that they then the the sibling rivalry ramps up because when the parent is there, they are desperate to capitalize on that. But they should have grown out of it by now, for crying out loud. And also, I don't know whether you know because. Because Josh is so kind of um, money-minded, whether or not he's seeing Rosie as some sort of inheritance knicker or something, I don't know.
6: Well, surely he, in, in his wildest imagine, imaginings, he he could envisage uh, there being a, a, a second generation, yeah. or a third yeah. generation, fourth generation, or whatever, a or fifth generation yeah. of archers. You what know, would you think? he wouldn't be the end. I don't the bottom. Yeah. Of the family tree, or the top, yeah. whichever. Yeah. But I guess you know it, it's there, and it sets up interesting, dramatic dynamics.
5: But then, it, but it's quite like David and Kenton, though.
6: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of mm.
5: Jostling for mummy, mummy, he hit me. Mummy, he said this. You know, and they're still doing it, and they're fifty. Oh, well,
6: there you go. It, well, right there you are. So we've got we've got another fifteen or twenty years of this to go. <laughs> Hmm. On that note, let's hear from Bernie.
8: Hello, you three. This is Bernie Magg, Joint Secretary of Dumpty Dumpty Siblings calling from Madrid. We still have no applicants, which in light of this week's (laughs) arches especially, i.e. lots of sibling stuff, negative and positive, is a bit of a shame. But never mind. They'll soon see the light. The negative stuff, of course, being Lily and Freddie, which is hardly surprising, the row between them, the estrangement that's clearly impending. But the lovely positive stuff was, of course, Toby and Rex. They were very sweet together this week, weren't they? And Toby's becoming the original real lovable rogue, isn't he? Pip is a bit daft, isn't she? She, Especially around Rosie barging in the way she did. I haven't quite realised how daft she is sometimes. But I have a bit of a plot prediction around this group. I think the three of them will rub along quite nicely for a while, revolving around Rosie. Then someone will come into someone's life and the relationship will go horribly wrong and all over the place. I still think Pip and Toby will get back together again, actually, eventually. I really enjoyed Susan this week. What a star. I love the way she suddenly turns up trumps, and saves the situation. Such a joy to hear her do that. And I have a request. Jazzo, He was wonderful this mm-hmm. week. But can we have a serious, um, a serious focus on Jazza, on his life, Uh, something to get to grips with, which which isn't just the sort of voice of everyone's conscience and um, comic relief. Okay, keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye bye.
5: But yes, Jazza was well, an absolute sweetheart this week, wasn't he?
6: Oh, he was not just at the wedding, but with Alister. With Alister yeah. as well, that was above yeah. and beyond, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh.
5: Especially because they did so, it I'm, so well. Because Alister came in and said, "What are you doing in my bed?" And I thought, "Oh no, Jazza's got an you know
6: <laughs>
5: covered in big <laughs> shitty overalls all over um, Alistair's postman pat duvet cover." You know, and then and then and then the, and it was actually a really nice thing. I thought that was very very sweet. Yeah. You see, it would be interesting to, to, to give um, uh, Jazz a bit of depth because he is such a popular character as well. Um, yeah. And he, you know... His, but maybe
6: that's why he's popular, because he's, because he's always shallow and he's got no depth.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
6: Once you get to know people, you really start to go off from <laughs> don't you?
5: We see the Grundy's... does one. ...be the comic relief. And then they had that really, really sad storyline about moving to Meadow Rise and all that, and that made everyone see them in a different light. Um, yeah so yeah um i forgot we have some emails two emails Oh right. uh, One is from welsh witch um this is to do with the whole Freddie lower loxley saga as i'm a relative new listener i'm taking my info from the net which is always a dangerous thing to do on a good day but am i right in thinking lower loxley will one day be freddy's yes you are if so and presumably the current storyline is going to head him is going to head for him getting a conviction. Where does that stand with him getting an alcohol license when he eventually takes over? Surely if the license has been revoked, now with Elizabeth's licensee, then he stands no chance. Does that mean Lily could step in? Um, now that he's 18, couldn't he challenge that? Uh, the fact that he um, he's supposed to take over the running of Lower Locksley. Perhaps one of our legal beagles could confirm that or tell me that I dreamed that particular ruling. I hated the llama episode. All right, anyway, Mm love the show, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I think Mm lots of people hated the Lama episode. But yes, we need a legal person to ring in and tell us if they can remember what the deal is with Lower Loxley, who inherits, and whether or not Freddie can challenge a ruling that's ostensibly been made in his favour. Next, Sean Anderson, who says a plot prediction which would also tie up a loose end. This is great. When Lillian was having her affair with Matt's brother, Paul, he gave her a painting which she asked Jolene to keep for her at the ball. I expected it would reappear when Lillian was cleaned out by Matt, but it wasn't, but it didn't. Maybe it will be discovered to be a priceless masterpiece which can be sold to save Jenny Darling's house. I had completely (laughs) forgotten about the painting.
6: Yes. Yeah, didn't she because it was hanging over Paul's bed or yes. something at one stage no. they
5: were out together and he bought it
6: hmm well, is, it, is, is it just over the mantelpiece in the bull now or is it upstairs I think the, it's upstairs, in the, in the, upstairs because she had to
5: keep it somewhere secret didn't she where nobody hmm. could say where, because Lillian had to sort of hide it
6: well, there's no need to keep it secret now but
5: no. well, they've probably all forgotten that it's there or what it is or whatever
6: Yeah, it's just one of those things. Now, back to the licensing. Oh, you know this. Yeah, I mentioned a little bit on Twitter. And um, there is, when the licensing laws changed, so the 2003 Licensing Act, meant that you no longer have a a name over the door as such. So you have a premises license, which is what Lizzie would be the owner of, the premises license. And then you need a designated premises supervisor who is like the landlord or landlady. So that's the two can be the same. So you. So as far as I know, it's the DPS that would have that needs to be qualified, that needs to do an exam and get a personal license. And that is what would be difficult for Freddie to do with a drugs conviction. Right. I'm not sure about being the owner of a premises license but you'd think it would it, it would count against him for de- dealing e wouldn't mm-hmm. it but um I know two people who
5: have, have been to prison for different things and they've both been stopped they both they both can't be licensees and they've both got the licenses in other people's names
6: yeah but but then presumably once the conviction is spent You'll be no, able to go he's back.: still not. He, you, This
5: was ages ago, and he's still not.
6: All right. OK. Well, you've exhausted my knowledge of the law. <laughs> Thank you.: Liz.
5: That didn't take long
6: <laughs> <laughs> Shaky. <laughs> OK, shall we have uh, some ads, or one yes. ad, and then we'll go on to the social media roundup.:
1: Selling a little? Or a lot? because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work, shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
3: and welcome to the things that made england i'm roy phil brown and with me i have david crowther of the history of england it was the best of time it was the worst of time. she was the people's princess the fight on the beaches Away oh, man! these are the things that made england a fight on the landing ground these
2: are the things that made I england i have a body but of a weak
7: and evil woman These are the things that made England. And the
2: King of England too. These are the things that made England. Cry
3: God for Harry. And these are the things that made England. England and St George.
2: These are the things that made England.
3: It gives wind in Churchill's sails to say we can continue to fight on. Well, there cannot be many more famous events in English history than 1066. It hurts (laughs) even now. Because 1066 is important. Yeah. But... There's aspects of modern British culture which I think get overlooked. So I'm proposing that this week we do scar. For me, the English flag has in the past certainly become associated with factionalism and, well, hideous racist and far-right views. And it's turned into a thing of disunity and almost xenophobia. The idea of this show is to decide on what things that make England... As she is, the country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. Every week, one of us, that's David and I, will pitch an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that makes England distinctive. Go and join our shiny new Facebook site, where once a month we will post a poll where, should you so desire, you can make your own very suggestions for applications to the I Made England Award. So, without more ado, let us do it. <coughs>
6: Well, Millie Bell and Yokel Bear have both run off to elope <laughs> this week. Uh, they've, left, they've left the social media roundup to a good friend of the show.
0: It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, stepping in for the otherwise engaged Millie Bell and Yokel Bear to review this week's social media posts. And boy, has it been as hot as a barbecue at a 4th of July picnic. Everybody and their mother have wanted to put in their two cents on what's been a very busy week in our favorite village. First, the forum, which has returned to life. So be sure to check it out and add your thoughts there. Plus, you'll see that there's a lovely new photo of Lucy and a photo of Robert in his shades looking oh so cool. (laughs) Purple Pumpkin wants to know, WTF has happened to Lexi? And did Roy and Haley ever actually get a divorce? I didn't remember it happening, so I went to the Radio 4 character list, which does refer to Roy being formally married to Haley. But what of young Abby? Purple Pumpkin and David Kinsella also discussed Johnny's reaction to Freddie dealing drugs in light of Johnny having used ecstasy now and again, according to Ms. Pumpkin. I thought he only used it once in the past. The entire topic of Freddie's drug dealing and arrest preoccupied our Facebook group as well, so we'll be getting to this in greater detail shortly. Finally on the forum, there were new posts about Emma's house dreams and audrey Cabaret. Rubius posted about Elizabeth acting as if Lily were a co parent of Freddie and not her own child. Yes, this is another big topic on our Facebook page, so let's turn to Mark Zuckerberg's Cash Cow Now. First, we start with last week's llama drama. While Hannah Mae loved it and Martin Vandenhoevel, requested an all-animal episode in the future, I think it's safe to say that most people were underwhelmed by the crime. Vicki Cole thought it very silly, Claire Asbury said it was ridiculous, and Steve Gibbs declared it a llama drama ding-dong. I thought that Pam Crookshank had the most postmodern analytic response, risable that a group of businesswomen would be relying on a man to solve the problem. No laughter here. Thank you, Pam. Now, what of Freddie? Pete Ranson was very active in the debate. He cut our newlywed Copper Harrison no slack and felt that he could have given Freddie just a stern warning. And while a few others agreed, I think most, including myself, did not. Now, Pete did call Freddie a prize a prat, and that was certainly the unanimous opinion of our Facebook group. Peter Mabet said Freddie is a tosspot (laughs) symbol. And almost all cheered Johnny for standing up to Freddy. Janice Betson summed it up. I'm beginning to wonder if Freddy is a un rather than just a stupid one. He has no conscience, always blames other people. No empathy lies all the time. A psychopath, a sociopath. Turning to Rex, we asked: is Rex destined to be the next jazzer, but without the sense of humor and assertiveness? always in there with the pig, struggling to make ends meet, and pining away for the woman he secretly loves. Paul Schluss predicted that by next year at this time, Toby will be dead and Pip and Rex what? will be raising Rosie. He went on to specify that Toby would be killed in a gin factory explosion. <laughs> a bold prediction indeed. While Andrew Horn and F.F. Pheasant just thought that Toby would be buggering off to Brighton. Yeah, what has happened to that ex-girlfriend of his? We also declared where Alice treads, trouble follows. Karen Valerie Hodgson summed it up. Alice is such a numpty these days. Alice used to be the smart, level-headed, sensible one. It seems she's been entirely recast. An alcoholic, loudmouth, rude, complete foot-and-mouth imbecile. And that's being kind. Finally, we turn to Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. We asked the hordes, how bad a parent was she being? And the near unanimous reply back was, the worst. Andrea Williams was being kind when she said, I think she is portrayed as a real parent given the dire circumstances. But no one else was so nice to her. Valerie Bayless was horrified. Anna Kenyon called Lizzie a terrible parent and Rob's Shash, noted that this family would keep a family therapist in business for quite some time. I liked Jean Bell's response. I felt Lily's pain and heard her poignant response about Freddie's inheritance. Lizzie will come to regret her behavior. Finally, the week ended on a high note with the wedding of Fallon and Harrison. Many wondered whether they'd make it to the altar, but I was not one of them. I wished them congratulations and a long and happy life together. Though, with their wedding, Yokel Bear raised the mystery of Chris's ever-changing <laughs> accent. Discuss for next week, please, when we return you to our regularly scheduled host. I think it's Yokel Bear, or is it Millie Bell? Anyway, Witherspoon and Angus Haggis, out.
5: One of my favorite things about Witherspoon is hearing him swear in English, with an American yes. boggling <laughs> off. <but it's>... <laughs> <Top-topped>.
6: <laughs> <laughs> um. Couple of points from that. One of the earlier commenters, David Kinsella. Isn't David Kinsella? There is a David Kinsella who's quite um, a famous movie director. So I'm predicting Dumpty Dum okay. the movie. Underwhelmed yet again by one of my amazing <laughs> predictions. <laughs> is that
5: when you're wearing the shades? Also, Are they preemptive I'm... shades on the Dumpty Dum picture?
6: That that is the second point I want to, to raise. I did not. I did not submit <laughs> that photograph to Royfield. I think he broke into my Apple iCloud and, and stole it. I mean, you were very lucky. You I was going to say, that, because,
5: thank God you're just wearing shades.
6: That's that's the only fully clothed sh- thing on my hard drive. No, I, I don't remember sending him that. I think he might have nicked it from my mm. Twitter feed. He ferret's or something around, like you know.
5: He's a proper little ferreter.
6: Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, there are all worse photographs he could have chosen, but I do look like a pompous, stuck up twat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's mortifying, but I don't care. I'm not vain. I'm not vain in any way, am I, Lucy? You're not what? I'm not vain in any way, am I, Lucy? No. No. <laughs> um. I promised Auntie Jean that I would mention this and I'd do it anyway, even if I wasn't going to promise her it. There's a Bristol meetup on Sunday the 16th. Uh, It's going to be a lunchtime thing. Uh, So save the date. Uh, Full details will be forthcoming. So um, keep an eye on Twitter and Auntie Jean's feed, and we'll give it another mention. So that's the 16th of September, and that's in Bristol. There we are. Right. And
5: I am a pillock because last week mm-hmm. I told everybody that we were doing a show in Brighton on the 11th. We're not. That's a Thursday. We're doing it on the 11th of no we're not. We're doing it on oh, for God's sake Lucy, we're doing it on the 7th. 7 7, seven, seven, seven of October. Right. At Birmingham Town Hall with this is going to be great with um, Emma and Emma, Emma Grundy, Susan Carter, and Kerry Davis. <laughs> it's just going to be amazing. Um, and the tickets are selling quick, so hurry up! It starts at three, goes on for about one and a half hours. Um, trains good to Birmingham. There's lots of them. Um, yes, so please, please, please come.
6: Excellent, Lucy.
5: Seventh of October. October seventh.
6: The seventh the yes. of October. Yeah, <laughs> Lucy. Would you like to hit us with some tweets of the week?
5: I'd just quite like to hit you, really, but anyway. (sighs) Little Kim. Ah, Fallon's band. Happy memories of the time she had an actual personality. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jim Cavanagh. Off on holes for two weeks, not taking any computing devices. On return, I shall expect at least a murder, an offer on the Aldridge's farmhouse, a hilarious, not outcome to the storyline about that fucking llama, (laughs) two wins in cricket, and Shula on the game. (laughs) think only one of those you got, Jim. John. Um, audrey Audrianne. I am thinking it would be better to make Josh a silent character and give Ben a voice instead. Perhaps he is less of a wanker. <laughs> John Reed had that scene when Shula suddenly appeared in the Lower Locksley office. Shula. Only me. Elizabeth. Jim, how the fuck did you get in? I'm changing the locks. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Underwood's Tweet of the Week anyone else think Fallon Burns sounds like something you might catch in Thailand?
6: (laughs) (laughs) She's still Fallon Rogers, though. Yes. Good for her.
5: I can't... uh, Again, which is another description. I can't... Yes, I can't imagine her wanting to change her name.
6: Ah, dear. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 That's 0203 031 to leave a message. If you enjoy Dumpty Dum and want us to keep doing it, please become a Patreon subscriber. It's around two quid a week. All the details are at patreon.com. Your subscription pays for the cost of the equipment. Uh, Lucy's p- uh, silk pyjamas and my pink champagne. Uh <laughs> Uh, It also means... How
5: did you know about my silk pyjamas? Well, that's not on the picture as well, is it? (laughs) Am I standing behind you in silk (laughs) pyjamas? Are they reflected in your sunglasses? Uh,
6: You know what? (laughs) That that is one thing I was worried about. I zoomed right into the screen and thought, shit, what... (laughs) You never know. You never know. God, anyway, your subscription paranoia does not pay. Is <laughs> your scri- subscription <laughs> does not pay for any champagne social uh, socialist paraphernalia. We promise. We promise. It
5: does pay for my pyjamas,
6: though, but that's another question. All part. right, okay. Because uh, the are dumpty-dum pyjamas. It also means you get access to lots of extra content. We do notice who subscribes and we do mention you, and we are genuinely grateful. You can find Royfield and Lucy at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. And Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman, and I can be found at Naked Fingers. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk at you next time.